Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Minister Ginger London. Had some technical difficulties just for a few moments trying to call in through Skype. That wasn't working out too good for me, but I am on now. So for those of you who are in the chat room, if you can hear me, if somebody will post that they can hear me so I'll know that I'm coming clear across the uh, airwaves, I will continue on with the show. So God bless you again. This is Ginger London. Thank you for tuning in to the uh, Ginger London Show. And tonight is part three of a four-part series that uh, we're doing um, on friends, foes, and fellow Christians, how to make good choices in your relationships and business and personal. Um, and uh, so we're talking about that on tonight. Oh, so Jackie said we, um, that you guys can hear me, so that's good. So I'll keep on going with the show on tonight. The show is entitled Stop the Madness, How Can Two Walk Together? except they agree. And uh, so tonight we're going to be talking about the friendships and the relationships that you get involved in. Sometimes they're uh, they're very hectic. They can be stressful. And um, I'm going to talk about how to stop that madness and how to begin to uh, walk in relationships that are healthy for you, that are wholesome for you. And so we're going to begin with a word of prayer. I'm going to move right into it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you on this evening, Lord God. We bless your name. Father, we come before you right now to boldly to the throne of grace. And we're asking for everyone that is listening, Lord God, if they're in a situation, a toxic relationship, or if they're in a, a relationship that is full of madness, we're praying for deliverance and healing, healing for emotions, healing for their minds, Lord God. And we pray that this teaching will bring some, some deliverance and some clarity to their lives so that they can make some wise choices and decisions. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus, and we thank you. Uh, amen. How can two, stop the madness, how can two walk together except they agree? I'm going to read a scripture to you from Isaiah chapter 1, verses um, 5 and 6. And in the New uh, International Version, it says, Why should you be beaten anymore? Why do you persist in rebellion? Your whole head is injured, your whole heart is afflicted. From the sole of your uh, foot to the top of your head, there is no soundness, only wounds and wealth and sores not cleansed or bandaged or soothed uh, with oil. And the translation that I really like that makes it extremely clear is the one from the New Living Translation. And it says, why do you continue to invite punishment? Must you rebel forever? Your head is injured and your heart is sick. You are sick from head to foot, covered with bruises, welts, and infected with wounds without any ointment or bandages. And a lot of times when we make bad decisions and bad choices, in our relationships and in our friendships, these are the things that happen to us as a result of not making uh, good, healthy choices. So I want to ask you a series of questions, and I want you to, to listen to the questions and see if you find yourself uh, answering yes to any of these questions. Have you ever been involved with a person who was all wrong for you and not realized it until months or even years later? Have you ever had a habit of mistaking drama 
mistaking drama intention for true friendship or love? Have you ever wanted a responsible, mature friendship or relationship, only to end up with an irresponsible, unreliable friend who drove you crazy? And the last question, do you fear abandonment and make desperate attempts and statements to maintain a friendship or relationship? And if you answered yes to any of these questions, then it's time to stop the madness. And uh, here's a, uh, what I call a Ginger London original thought, and it's like it's hard to walk with a fool and not eventually do something foolish. You know, so that's why we have to change our, our friends when they're not good for us, and we have to make some conscious decisions and sometimes some hard decisions to walk away from some friendships and from some uh, relationships because they're not healthy for us. So a bad friendship or relationship is one that involves continual frustration. See, a bad friendship or a bad relationship, that's not a friendship that encounters problems. That is a problem friendship. See, a, a good and healthy friendship or relationship, when it, when it encounters problems, frustrations, or just some hard times, those, that, that friendship, the people involved in that friendship know, they know how to work through those issues. But when it's a bad friendship or a bad relationship, the sign that it's bad is, is that it involves continual frustration. Bad relationships are chronically lacking in what one or both people need. And if you listened last night, I told you that when you're in a bad friendship, it's usually one-sided. One person is getting more from the relationship or friendship than the other person is, uh, than the other person or people involved are getting from the relationship. And so uh, a bad relationship is lacking what is needed by both people. And these relationships can destroy your self-esteem, can prevent you, um, those involved from moving on in their personal and professional or spiritual lives. And these relationships are breeding grounds for loneliness, for rage, and for misery. Because what happens is at some point in that relationship, you're going to become angry that you're even in the relationship. You're going to become angry about the things that are going on in the relationship. You're going to um, uh, experience loneliness even while you're in a, a, a friendship or a relationship if it's, if it's unhealthy. I'm in a, I, have, I have friends, but I'm still lonely. I'm in a relationship, but I'm still lonely. That's because the relationship isn't healthy. It's not a good relationship. It's bad. And then the misery is you're not getting any satisfaction from the relationship. And so whenever you're miserable with somebody is around you, that means that there's something unhealthy about that particular connection. And the important thing is either you salvage it and, and, make, and allow God to turn it around or you have to disconnect from your own uh, uh, healthiness. And so um, let's go over that scripture once again. Like I said, I like it from the New, in, the New Living Translation. It says, why do you continue to invite punishment? And a lot of times that's a question that we all need to, at some point in our lives, if we've gone through bad relationships, bad friendships, we have to ask ourselves that question. Why do I continue to get involved in the same type of friendships, the same type of relationships? Why do I continue to repeat the same cycles over and over again? And, um, and only you can answer that question. You may need a little help in discovering what it is that, that causes you to repeat those cycles but you need to ask yourself, why do I continue to bring this type of punishment up on me? Because I'm not getting anything from the friendship. I'm not getting anything from the relationship. And it says, um, it goes on to say, your head is injured. And what that means is that your thought life is affected by the bad relationship that you are, that you are partaking in, that you are, that your friendship that you are part of. Because when the friendship is unhealthy, you will spend a lot of time 
thinking about what's going wrong in the friendship. You will have your your thoughts will be consumed by the negative things that are going on um, in the friendship and in the relationship. And so that's what it means that your your um your head is injured. That means that your thought life is consumed uh, by uh, what's actually going on um, in uh, with the relationship. And it says your heart is sick. What that means is that you're going to be start feeling, if you uh, haven't already, you're going to start feeling some pains of that relationship. There are going to be some hurts that's going to come as a result of the relationship. And so your your heart is sick. You, you're not happy anymore. You're not joyful. You uh, you want to you want love and you want to release love, but because there's so much pain there and so much sickness from the relationship or friendship that you're in, your heart isn't open to receive love and it isn't open to uh, release love. And it says you are sick from head to foot. What that means is you feel like your back is up against the wall and there's no way out of this thing. But thanks be to God, there is a way out of a bad relationship. There there, there is a way out of a bad friendship. And so don't ever feel like, as I said on last night's show, that there's no way out. You do have a way out. And it goes on to say you're covered with bruises, wealth, and infected. What that means is that this bad friendship or relationship is leaving some scars on you, some marks, and it is making you numb emotionally. So, um, and it says without any wounds, uh, you have wounds but without any ointment or bandages. Why? Because the friendship is unhealthy. And I, uh, the friendship should be a mutual exchange. Not only should I be getting something from the relationship, I should be giving something to the relationship. And part of what I'm getting is joy, peace, love, and happiness. That is what I should be giving to the friendship or relationship, and that is what I should be getting in return. But when the relationship is bad, when it is unhealthy, what happens is uh, there is no, there isn't any room for the ointment of the healing ointment to flow in the relationship. The only thing that happens is somebody is being hurt and wounded as a result of a bad um, friendship or relationship. And so uh, when you read that passage of Scripture, if you study it, you'll find that during that time in the book of Isaiah, uh, what was happening was that uh, the, the southern kingdom was, um, was rebelling and forsaking God. And so what God did, he sent a prophet that way. And so here's another question for you. How many times has God sent a prophet or somebody that you trust and know to warn you about the friendship or the relationship that you're in and you refuse to listen? How many times we've had other close friends to tell us that that person that you're connected with, that person isn't right for you. She doesn't mean you any good. He doesn't mean you any good. They don't have your best uh, intent at heart. And what have we done? We've rejected the warning. And then weeks, months, years down the road, we can go back in our memory bank and say, I remember when so-and-so told me or recognized or said to me that this friendship or relationship was not going to be good for me, that this wasn't good. And here I am a year later, and now I'm just appreciating what the person said. But when they said it at the time, because we were so needy or we wanted to stay connected to somebody, that we didn't listen to what um, he or she was saying. And so, therefore, we missed the warning to get out, the warning that came to tell us, you know, it's time to get out of this before you get too deep in this situation. And it's the same thing for um, if you're in a business venture, if you are at work, and uh, sometimes we connect with the wrong coworkers, and even on jobs, we um, try to befriend people because, you know, you want to know somebody on your job. But sometimes we befriend the wrong person, and somebody else on the job will come and say, no, you better stay away from that person because uh, – 
he or she is known uh, to do this, that, the other, and we think that people are jealous of us or we think that they don't, you know, maybe don't like the other person, and so we don't pay attention to what they're saying, and we find out in the long run that they really, they really were saying the truth, or it could happen in church, uh, in church ministries in different areas. You meet somebody, you know, somebody comes along and tells you, you know, just be on your guard, just be, just be mindful of the people that you're hanging, that you're connected with. And so sometimes we ignore um, the warning signs, you know. And so I want to give you a self-exploration type question. And I want you uh, to really think about um, this question and uh, you, can, you can mull over it a little bit and, and think about it and give yourself an answer a little bit later. Or if you know somebody in this situation, you may share this question with them. And the question is, why do you continue to choose the same types of people and relationships to get involved with? Why do you choose... Uh, why do you continue to choose the same types of people and relationships to get involved with? And um, that's a question you want to answer because it's going to help you to stop the madness. If you cannot honestly answer that question or find somebody who can help you to identify some personal characteristics that may be uh, internalized in you that's drawing these types of relationships or friendships, you're going to repeat the same cycle. And we want you out of that cycle. So take that question down and at some point, if you're in a frustrating relationship or frustrating uh, friendship and you know that, that, that you continuously invite these certain types of people into your life, then you need to begin to do a self-examination and discover what it is that's causing you to draw these types of people uh, into uh, your life. And so let's deal with the part in the scripture where it says, the Bible says, your whole head is injured. And what that means is your understanding is affected by a bad relationship. It, it, uh, it's afflicted, it's affected, it means it's tainted, you don't have rational thoughts, there's no sound reasoning um, to the rela- in, uh, as, uh, in regards to the relationship, and, uh, and we can just simply say your understanding is bad. And usually when you're in a relationship where, where your understanding is bad, your reasoning is off. And so um, that's why one of the reasons why you might stay in the relationship, because you're trying to uh, rationalize or justify, I should say, a bad relationship with irrational thoughts. You know, oh, well, you know, nobody's perfect. She's going to come around. Or, you know, maybe he had a bad day. Or he's just working through a little something right now. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to abandon him because he needs somebody in his corner. He needs somebody who can go to bat for him. And so you try to rationalize or justify the bad, staying in the bad relationship, but you're doing it from a tormented mind, shall I say, or or from some bad understanding, because you're trying to convince yourself that you made a good choice. You know, none of us want to have to acknowledge that we made a bad choice in picking uh, a bad uh, friend or uh, engaging in a bad relationship. And like I said on um, last evening, uh, on the show yesterday, is that sometimes you have to move against that fear barrier and say, you know, to yourself, you may, I made a bad choice here, and so I need to move against this and go ahead and acknowledge that I didn't make a good choice in, uh, in, with this particular person. When I chose this person for, uh, for a friend, I didn't make a good choice. When I chose this relationship or got involved in this relationship, I didn't make a good choice in this. And so one way to begin to bring your thoughts back to a place of rational thoughts and, and clarity is to acknowledge you made a bad decision here. Because if you continue to sugarcoat or to coat over the bad decision and not acknowledge that you made a bad decision, you will continue on in um, that relationship and it still isn't going to be uh, 
healthy for you. So you want to be able to look at what you're thinking about the relationship. Are your thoughts healthy about the relationship? Because it is difficult to make good choices and godly choices with a bad thought life and bad understanding. So you have to get to a place where, you're, where you begin to renew your mind uh, with, with uh, the right thoughts about the relationship. Okay, so when your head is injured and your whole heart is afflicted, uh, this means that your emotions are messed up. There's no stable, your emotions are not stable. They can be um, wishy-washy, one time is good, you know, you have good feelings about the relationship, then tomorrow you'll have bad feelings about the relationship. It simply means that you, there's no reliability, no trustworthiness of your emotions because they're afflicted by the pains and the hurts of the relationship or the friendship. They are, are affected by the uh, irrational thoughts that you're having. Uh, there's no precise uh, no precision of thought, no trustworthiness to your thought, to your thought life, and there's no dependability on your thought life because you're double-minded in the friendship or the relationship. So you want to make sure that uh, that we that you bring that God brings uh, some healing to your 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 thought life about the relationship and to your understanding because when you relate uh, when when you when your mind is uh, affected by uh, the bad relationship, then you begin to relate poorly. Because as a man thinking, so is he. And so if you have bad thoughts, well, let me, not, let me rephrase that. If you have unhealthy thoughts about the relationship or about relationships and friendships, period, then, you're going to be, then you will relate poorly in friendships and in uh, relationships. So you want to have healthy thoughts. And again, it may take some self-examination. You may have to go on a relationship fast. You may have to go on a friendship fast. That means that you may have to pull away from friends and from relationships until your mind is, until you get your mind right, until you're at a place where you can honestly make good choices about the relationships or friendship that you're in, uh, involved with. So in order to, uh, to um, stop the madness, you first have to stop the bad thoughts that are going on in your life and the things that are going on in your spirit about the bad friendship or the bad relationship because as long as you are unhealthy, then you're not governed by the right spirit. You're governed by a bad spirit or the wrong spirit, and so you make wrong decisions, wrong choices in life. And so we have to regain control of your own uh, inner spirit, and that simply means that you allow God to strengthen you in your inner spirit and so that you can be healthy in, area, in every area of life. And so in order to stop the madness, you first have to get control and stop the bad spirit that's controlling um, your, your life. And that simply means that you have to stop yourself. You can't, and the only way that you can gain control of the friendship or the relationship to the, uh, in, the re, in, re, in respect to uh, either salvaging it or walking away from it is you have to gain control of yourself. And you cannot allow the, the, uh, the frustrations, the hurts, and the pains of the relationship to control you. So you have to stop yourself in the relationship. And so um, a part of that means that all of those immature thoughts you had, those selfish reasons, those controlling or power-seeking things that were going on in the friendship, that's not normal, so you have, to, uh, you have to stop that, and you have to stop being a part of it because the, a person cannot be in a relationship with you without you. you. As I said last night when we were talking about emotional blackmailers, a person can't blackmail you unless you are a part of the deal. So in a bad friendship or a bad relationship, you are a part of that. You are a part of it as long as you stay in it. So you have to begin to uh, find a way to uh, bring yourself 
out of it and stop making excuses about why you are still in it. So stop trying to justify and explain, um, you know, why you're in that. Because a lot of times when people say in bad friendships and relationships, and I'm, I'm, I'm using those terms uh, together because some people are in bad personal relationships. And so they're listening because they're trying to figure out ways to either salvage it or find a, a transition, uh, the steps of transitions to get out of it. So I'm talking to people who are dealing with bad friendships as well as those that are dealing with bad relationships. If you um, stay in it and you rationalize it, what happens is you begin to justify it and you begin to explain uh, the, the behavior uh, with statements um, like this. Because if you, let me go back up, if you stay in it long enough, you'll find yourself becoming just like the person that you that you befriended or just like or similar to the person that you're in the relationship with. And so things will go, you'll start uh, engaging in behaviors that you normally don't engage in. You'll uh, be, uh, say things that you normally don't say. And, um, you'll say and, and let me give you some statements to understand what I'm saying. Uh, you'll say something like, girl, he pushed, my, uh, he, he pushed my last button. He got on my last nerve. I usually don't act like that, and then we'll follow that up with, God forgive me, because I know, you know, I shouldn't have done that. You know, or you'll say, man, uh, if it's a man talking about a woman, that woman drove me crazy. I lost my mind for a minute. I just, I, I, you know, I'm not that kind of man, honest. I don't, I don't normally uh, cut up like that, you know, or you'll say something, uh, if you're in business, you know, he didn't bring me in on the deal, and that made me mad. I got frustrated about that, so I just cussed him out, because, you know, I'm part owner of this business, and he should have brought me in on the deal. You'll find yourself engaging in conversations and behavior patterns that you normally wouldn't engage in if you were in a healthy friendship or relationship. But if you don't get out of it or salvage it where it becomes healthy, you will eventually become similar to or just like the person that you are in the relationship with. And what the relationship does is it begins to, uh, it makes you begin to present yourself as a victim. And in some cases, you are a victim in the situation. But when you begin to justify it, your uh, behavior by victimizing yourself, then again, you've done yourself a disservice because you haven't positioned yourself where you can take control over your part in the friendship and over, uh, and over your part in the relationship by acknowledging that it's bad for you and that you need to uh, get out. And so Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17 says this, stop doing wrong and learn to do right. And so in order to stop the madness, you first have to stop doing wrong, and, you have to, and if you're in a bad friendship or a bad uh, relationship, if you look back over it, you're going to find some things that you've done in that relationship that were not um, complementary to your personality or to the type of person that you are. And so uh, we're going to have to. So I'm going to give you two main ways that you can uh, prepare yourself to either exit the friendship or to do something to begin to, to begin to salvage the friendship. And so the first thing it tells you, uh, it says is, you know, what you have to do is wash and make yourself clean. And so what you need to do is you have to get the debris from the relationship out of your spirit and off your life. You have to find a way to become unsoiled from the soil uh, that was, uh, the tainting that was done to you uh, from being involved in the friendship. And so uh, you have to be, if you're part of the, the madness, then you also have to be a part of the cleanup. And the Bible says uh, this, that First Corinthians chapter 6, it tells us that we're washed in the name of Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of the Lord. 
And then it tells us in Psalm, you know, wash me and make me clean, you know. And what you're saying is, God, get this out of me. Get these things out of me that this friendship or this relationship has imparted into me that's causing me to behave in an ungodly manner or in a manner that is not pleasing or respectable to other people as well as to myself. I have to begin to get these things um, out of me. And so you have to wash yourself and make yourself clean. That means you have to identify the areas that you're hurt, identify the wounded areas, identify the behavior patterns that you've taken on as a result of being in the friendship, as a result of being uh, in the relationship. And, um, again, uh, I'll give you a way to do that. Last night we talked about taking a journal, and what you need to do is on one side of a sheet of paper identify the um, – last night we talked about the, the characteristics of the relationship that you don't like. But in this case what you're going to do is you're going to identify those behavior patterns, the characteristics that you have taken on as a result of being in a bad uh, friendship or a bad relationship. Identify those things. For example, if you normally don't use profanity, but because you're so stressed out about this friendship and so stressed out in this relationship that you found yourself uh, engaging in more uh, in the use of profanity more, then what you would put is using profanity more, more, uh, you know, or using profanity often as a result of this relationship. And then on the other side of that, you want to list what it is you need to do to stop doing those things. If you find yourself in a friendship that is in, um, that has caused you to participate in some lifestyle behaviors that you normally don't participate in, and uh, you know it's affecting uh, you mentally, it's affecting your spirit, man. For example, uh, if, uh, you know, the, the friend is demanding or the relationship person that you're in a relationship with is saying, you know, if you're going to be in a friendship with me or if you're going to be uh, in a relationship with me, you have to do some of the things that I like doing. We can't just do everything you like doing. Well, the thing that they want you to do is they want you to go hang out in the club all night. Well, if you're not, that's not who you are and uh, you don't want to go hang out in the club, you have to make a decision. But in the process of maintaining that friendship, if you find yourself giving in to that lifestyle behavior, then on your, on your sheet of paper you have to put on, one, on the left side, you know, uh, going out, hanging out in the clubs all night long or something similar to that. And then you need to list on the other side what it is you need to do to get back into the lifestyle that you were living or you engaged in that, you, that is appropriate for your life. Okay, but sometimes our friends will make us try to make us feel guilty because we don't engage in the activities or the behaviors that they want to engage in. And so they try to make us feel guilty about not participating in their lifestyle. So that's why it's wise to pick, to pick friends who are like-minded, who enjoy doing the same or similar type things that you do. When you've got two people on two different extremes uh, of the friendship pole, there's going to be some friction. Because while that person wants to hang out in the club, you might want to do something different. Or you might say, well, come go to our church event. Well, they're going to tell you, well, I can't go because I'm tired, you know. And so then it becomes one-sided because you now are doing more of what they like to do, and then they don't want to participate in anything that you like to engage in. So you need to find a way to identify those things um, that have affected your life, that you've taken on and internalized, and you realize, you know, this is not who I am. And then on the right side of that sheet of paper, you need to begin to list some strategic steps that you need to take to begin to realign your life back to the place or position that it was in before you got connected to this bad friendship. So first you want to wash and make yourself clean. And so the second thing is learn to do right. And it goes tied in with the first, take some action. 
okay? And so what you have to do is you have to let wisdom come in and be your teacher. Let the wisdom of the word teach you how to act, how to choose right. You have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, if you want, uh, if you want, ch- if you uh, change what you know, then you will change what you re- how you relate. And so when your mindset changes about friendships and relationships, and you get a better understanding, then you're going to relate differently. And a part of that relating differently may mean that you need to disconnect from the person that you're in the bad friendship with or the bad uh, relationship with. So if you're taking notes, um, here's another uh, decision of life question, I call them. Here's a question that you might want to answer in your, at your leisure. Excuse me. What actions are you willing to take to make the change happen? If you know the friendship is bad, you know the relationship is bad, the question you want to answer is what actions are you willing to take to make the change happen? And if you can answer that question, then you're already on your way to making the transition. Because that means that you have already pondered in your mind what you need to do to actually bring some wholeness and some healthiness back uh, to your life and to uh, the friendships that that you're going to uh, select. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, we'll just um, go over uh, a little bit what is a friend. And then we'll talk about some, um, how do you actually maintain a healthy friendship. And so a friend is, is uh, defined in Western is defined as this. It is defined as someone you hold in high regard and with whom you share a mutual trust. And so a friend is someone you hold in high regard with whom you share a mutual trust. And so what that simply says is that a friend will be there for you both in the best and in the worst times. And so we're going to relate um, how do you take care of your friendship. We're going to talk a little bit about how to maintain a good friendship, how to stop the madness, disconnect from those people who are harmful to you. Um, later on we'll talk about right after this how to end a relationship that needs, uh, friendship or a relationship that needs to end. But if you're trying to salvage and maintain good, healthy friendships, Let's kind of make it symbolic, and let's talk about it from the perspective of a garden. And so when, you, when we use that um, uh, symbolism, you know that whenever you plant a garden, if you want it to uh, be healthy, if you want it to blossom, it has to be done in the proper soil. It needs the right sunlight. You have to fertilize it correctly. And then there has to be a process of um, weeding out, you know, getting the weeds out of the garden so the garden can be beautiful and the weeds won't choke the plants. So... The first thing that has to happen is you have to find fertile soil to plant the seeds in. And so when you are trying to have good friendships and trying to maintain healthy relationships, you have to find good ground to plant that seed of friendship in. You have to pray and ask God to give you character discernment. So before you make a commitment to become friends with someone, you need to be able to discern character so that when you plant your seed of friendship in that person's life, you need to know that you're planting that seed in good ground. You're not planting that seed on, on, on stony ground. You're not planting it on concrete. You're not planting, trying to plant that, soil, uh, that ground in soil that hasn't been peeled. In other words, hard, rocky soil. You know, here's a, here's a cold person, cold-hearted person. They're bitter. They're angry. They're sarcastic. They're mean-spirited. You don't want to plant your friendship seed in that type of soil. So you have to pray for character discernment. So, and the reason why is because when you plant your seed of friendship into the life of that person, you want to return on that. It's the same thing as when you're, when you're planting seed for, uh, let's say, a flower garden. When you plant those seeds, what you want to return, you want those flowers, the flowers to come up from the ground, 
look just like the picture on the seed packet, you know, beautiful roses or uh, uh, whatever type of flowers that you're uh, planting, you want those flowers to come up and look just like the picture. And so it's the same thing with a friendship. If I plant my seed of friendship, if I connect to you, then I need to know that the soil or the light that I'm connecting to is good ground. It's fertile. It's ready. I can plant that seed, and I know the return is I'm going to get something from the friendship that is, you know, something beautiful from this friendship just as the seed that I de- deposited into the life or the seed that I planted into that person's life for a friend, I'm going to get a return on the um, on the friendship seed. And so the friend should be someone you choose uh, to have in your life because he or she enriches your experience, okay? That means, and that doesn't, that's not to say that there will not be some disagreements or disappointments with friendship, but overall the friendship or the relationship that you're in, it should enrich, enrich your experience, your life's experience, period. You know, I have a friend that I've been friends friends with for, oh, probably almost all my life, since I was a little girl, about eight or nine years old. And maybe about uh, 15 years ago we reconnected. We've always known each other. But that friendship enriches my life. If I know that if I needed something, I could call her, I could get it. You know, if she needs something, she knows that she can make a phone call. And if it's possible for me to do it, I'll do it. I know that when I sit down to run my ideas, Pastor, or some uh, some things that I got coming up, and I know that I can get an honest feed. I know that I will get honest feedback from her, or for, you know, I have several friends like that. And so that's what you need. You need somebody when you connect with them in a friendship or a relationship that the experience will enrich your life. And so if you're listening and you're involved in a personal relationship, you know, romantic type relationship with someone, then it's the same thing. When you get involved in a romantic, if you're dating, single, and you're dating and you're involved in a romantic relationship with someone, it needs to be a relationship that enriches your life, not a relationship that drains you, not a relationship where he or she is taken from you but they're never given to you. You know, one of those uh, types of romantic relationships where you're, you're calling but you never get a call, you know, you don't, and not only do you not get a phone call, when you call they don't answer the phone. So you need a relationship where there's mutual benefits coming from the, from the Your life is enriched from the relationship. Even if you're married, your marriage should be very enriching to your life, period. You know, when you give a testimony about your husband or your wife, it should be an exciting testimony where you're thankful to God that you connected and married the right person. If you're in a dating relationship, it should be the same way. When you're talking to your friends about the person that you're dating, uh, you know, you should be able to be excited about telling that person about or the the uh, person that you're dating, you should be able to give a good report about that person. You should not um, be in a relationship where every conversation that you have about that person starts with, okay, well let me tell you what what happened now. You know, no, there should be there should be some exciting things going on that is that have enriched your life by being connected to that person, where you can give a positive uh, uh, testimony about being connected to that person. You know, a lot of times we say uh, in relationships and friendships out of a sense of obligation to the friendship because we feel like, you know, um, you know the person will change, she'll come around, she'll come around. But if you ever, the only thing that, you're ever, that you ever get out of a friendship or a relationship is frustration, then it's time to rethink the friendship or the relationship, okay, because what that means is, is that you are uh, expending your energies in the wrong place. And so now 
because you're not getting anything in return, you need to make a, uh, consider refocusing um, your energies and refocusing uh, your perception or your assessment of the friendship. So the first thing to have a good friendship is to know that um, you need good fertile soil. You need a good life to be connected with, and your life has to, in, in return, that person also, when they plant their seed of friendship in you, your soil or your life has to be a good fertile soil as well. Then also, like, if you're planting a garden, once you plant the seeds in the soil, then you need sunlight. There needs to be sunlight um, to, uh, for the soil. It's the same thing with uh, relationships. In order to maintain a healthy friendship or relationship, there has to be some light in the friendship. There should not always be gloom and doom and darkness uh, in the uh, friendship or the relationship. There should always be some light on um, uh, on the relationship. And so let me tell you a little bit about that. You know, uh, one way to make sure that there's light in the, the, the friendship or relationship is to make sure that your friend has priority in your life. You, you don't have a best friend, and then the best friend is on the back burner. No, the best friend that you have usually has, some part, usually has a priority spot. You're high up in the priority list somewhere in your life. You either make, uh, you either make an email connection or you talk every day, you know, at a certain time, or you may talk two or three times a day, or, uh, you know, you might talk um, often. You know, it's the same thing for personal relationships. If you're going to establish a healthy personal relationship, then you have to put forth some effort to make that person a priority in your life. That means that I've got, got to touch bases with you with an email. Now you can touch bases through texting somebody, you know, hey, how you doing, just, just uh, sending this text to see how your day is going. I'm real busy right now, can't hold a conversation, but I sent a quick text. Hit me back, let me know what's going on. We'll talk later this evening. You know, there's so many different ways that we can reach out and connect with our friends. You know, um, with the friend that I was telling you about that I grew up with, I, we send emails when we can because she's working on her doctorate degree. And so whenever she's boggled down uh, with that Ph.D. stuff, then I'll send an email or I'll send a text. And so whenever she can answer it, she answers it. And then on the flip side of that, by me being in the same similar situation, it goes the same way. She sends an email or a text, you know, or she calls and the voicemail comes on, leave a voicemail, but I respect her enough to respond at some point, you know, I'm going to respond to the text, I'm going to respond to the email, I'll respond to the, um, the voicemail. The flip side of that is, from my own personal experience, is being involved in a personal relationship with a guy, and you send a text, an email, a voice message, three, four, five times, and you get nothing in return. And if you're not strong, that will mess with you. It will mess with your emotions. It definitely will mess with your mind, you know, because you'll start thinking certain things. But you'll never think, okay, maybe I should stop texting. Maybe I should stop sending emails because he's not answering. Or maybe I should stop calling and leaving voice messages because he's not returning the call. So, um, you know, sometimes we, um, we, we, uh, say, we do things and we don't pay attention to the response that we're getting to say, you know what, okay, I understand if a person is extremely busy. If you get that response on a continuous basis, that might be a message or a message that you might want to uh, pay attention to. Um, uh, and so uh, remember that make them a priority in your life. You know, find a way to connect with your friends, touch bases with them. If you're in a, um, a personal relationship with someone, by all means, respect them. 
you know, uh, put them on the list. I know sometimes we get busy and we can't talk all day, every day, but find a way to connect with that person to let them know that they are special in your life and that they mean something to you, okay? Then after the sunlight, then what is needed is you need to, uh, you, you know, till the ground, the ground, the soil is fertile, you got sunlight, then it's what you're going to do is you're going to plant the seed, all right? So to establish a strong foundation with a friendship or a relationship, the first thing you have to do is you have to plant the seeds, and the seeds that you want uh, planted in the person's life in reference to you is that you're trustworthy, you're loyal, that you're dependable. You know, that's what needs to be um, planted in that person's spirit about you is that you're somebody that's trustworthy, you're loyal, you're dependable, and that um, you can be trusted, okay? Then once you plant those seeds and you have to fertilize the Fertilize um, what you've planted, and so it's the same thing with the relationship. So, in other words, don't take your don't take the friendship or your relationships for granted. All right, and so that means that they, um, there must be a mutual exchange. Don't push the limit of friendships by asking for unreasonable favor. So, when we fertilize it, what we're doing is we're, we're, we we are we're we are um, watering or nurturing the friendship, but we're not taking advantage of it. Okay, and so if you're in a friendship, you know, you do things for the friendship, but at the same time, you're going to get something done uh, in return for you. But if you're the type of person who's always taking from the friendship and never giving to the friendship, then that's, you've done a disservice to the friendship. And so we don't want that to happen. You want, what you want is you want to uh, appreciate the friendship, appreciate the relationship, especially if you're in a personal relationship. Because, you know, if you meet somebody, in, uh, on a dating relationship and you find yourself, you know, being uh, showered with, with all kind of attention, you're getting gifts, you're getting phone calls all day long, it's easy to sit back and uh, receive all of that and then not and forget to actually get those things in return. So as, as refreshing as it is to, re to receive those things, you have to get to the place where you can also give those things back. All right, and then you want to water the, the ground. You know, right? So always give praise in the friendship. Always give people um, the credit that they're due. Encourage one another. You know, I'm not uh, talking about being truthful, but always applaud another person's success. You know, um, um, just be a good listener at times. You know, that's how you water the friendship. You know, that's refresh, refreshing at times because I know if you uh, come uh, if, if you have a friend that's going uh, through something and they just need to listen, sometimes listening without saying anything but just saying, I'm just going to I call my friend sometimes and I tell her, I say, I'm on a vent right now. You know, so she just sits there and she'll let me vent, you know. Um, or uh, if it's something that I really need to really talk about, I'll say, you know, I need to talk about this and discuss it, but I need your input. I need you to, I need you to respond back, you know, to this situation. And we do that for each other. And then... Of course, as the weeding process, as I said, usually in a, with friendship when there's a disagreement with friendship, what you want to do is be able to, you, you want to be able to resolve conflict, you know, in that. You need to be able to weed out those things that will choke the friendship up or choke the relationship up to cause it to, uh, uh, to end uh, prematurely. You want to be able to just, um, just uh, pull those things out that will cause it uh, to choke it. Anything that disagreements or conflicts, that would, talk, that would cause the, uh, the friendship to be choked. Uh, and so I'm going to tell you, I see we have a posting here um, in the chat room from Double Up, and it says, your husband should come first, friends take the back burner. If, you're, if you are married, that is absolutely correct. Your husband should come first. 
your friends never um, uh, supersede your husband or your wife. Okay, well, so for those that don't don't know that, your friends are always um, second to your husband or you know the, to your family. Just say to your family, but in particular in particular to this comment to your husband or to your wife, because there's no stronger covenant. Uh, among two people than the marriage covenant. So, and the word of God is clear that what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So, you don't let the friend come between uh, the marriage covenant. Okay, it's good to have it's good to have friendships though if you are married, you know. But it's not good to let the marriage, I mean, the friendship supersede or override your marriage, uh, your marriage covenant. And so, thank you for that uh, comment in the chat room. And if you are in the chat room and you have a comment or a question, please post it and I will address it while, while we're on air. And so we have somebody, we're going to go to the phone line, and we have somebody that has a comment, and we're going to let them comment, and then we'll continue on with um, um, how to have healthy uh, friendships. Hello, are you there? Hello? Yes, hello? Yes, I hello? can hear you. Are you there? Hello? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Uh, I just uh, tuned in, and uh, I was listening to what you were saying as far as, like, uh, water in the ground and, uh, and planting, you know, planting seeds and, and nurturing the friendship. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was real, real enlightening on, on that aspect because I never really thought about it like that, but that's a good uh, analogy that you've given. So, uh, hey, hey. Go ahead. Huh? Go ahead. I'm listening. So, so I, I was looking at uh, to get like more more in depth of that of uh, like you know what 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 other things that you can do to make sure that you can secure you know that healthy friendship. Okay, um, and that's what we're going to go. We'll go over some more things, but um, in relation to what to that part of it, like the the ground, the so, the soil, the sunlight, that's you know that's a, that's a, that's symbolic, the symbolism that I use there. You know, a lot of times what we, we do is we make the connection in friendships or relationships, and initially what happens is we put our best face forward. Would you agree? We put, you know, mm-hmm. we, yeah, we put our best face forward, whether it's, a, whether it's a friendship or whether it's a dating relationship. Everybody has their best face on, you know, because I want you to what? Like me, right? Mm-hmm. I want you to connect with me. But we, when we get past the best face experience, we are moving to taking care experience, Okay. Okay, it's okay to have my best face on. But if I'm, if I'm serious about having a friendship with you or a relationship with you, then the next thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to move into the taking care phase. I'm going to take care of this friendship. I'm going to take care of this relationship by nurturing it, by, um, you know, um, covering it in prayer. I'm going to uh, make sure that I'm, I'm honest, I'm loyal, I'm trustworthy, I'm a person of my word. You know, I'm going to allow you, I will become transparent, you know, to some degree initially so that you can get to know me. You know, a lot of times I've known people when they're into friendships and relationships, what they do is they have a, a, a window or period where they, they're questioning one another. You know, they're not in respect to uh, just trying to get into your business, you know, but in respect to getting to know you. So what, what you could do is, okay, I need to make a list of questions that when a person connects with me and they want to be friends, I have a list of questions that I'm comfortable with you know, and you can run them by somebody else. A list of questions that when I'm talking with that person, uh, these are the questions that I would ask, you know, so that I can get to know the person. You know, and sometimes we automatically do some of those things, you know. 
like if you're establishing a friendship or a relationship with somebody, we'll say, you know, the normal, the, 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 the most common one is like, tell me a little bit about yourself, mm-hmm. you know. And when we get that question, nobody really knows how to answer that, you know. <laughs> you know, yes. we have some generic, you know, answer that we give people, but, you know, um, sometimes we may have to go a little bit further than that. And we may have to say, you know, if you, if, you know, are you from here? You know, depending on what city you're in or what part of town did you grow up in, you know, what was your family like, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's when you, and the questioning is okay for those, you know, that are listening. It's when the questions be initially in a friendship or relationship become too personal, that's a warrant, that's a red flag for you, okay? So if they get too personal too quickly, then that, those, are, those, are, those questions are usually red flag questions. Don't release that information uh, too soon, you know what I'm saying? If somebody, you're yeah. meeting somebody, let's say it's a, a dating relationship, and this is like the second date, and you're in a dating, rela- uh, you're starting a dating um, relationship with somebody, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the question comes up, you know, about uh, your past sexual activity, you know what I'm saying, or mm-hmm. how many boyfriends have you had in your life? I mean, you know, or girlfriends have you had? You know, when it gets too personal in the first phase of the friendship or the relationship, usually those are warning signs, and you need to pay real close attention to those types of questions. But those other questions where it's just getting to know you, you're asking you a little bit about yourself, and you can discern what questions you will answer and to what amount of information that you will release to somebody. You know, so that's one way you can take care of it. You can take, uh, initially when you start is to ask questions about the, you ask the person um, questions about themselves, you know, uh, about himself or herself, and then as it goes on, those things will, in the relationship, you, then you move from the information type thing to actually beginning to learn more about them. And so then you start, um, uh, you can nurture the friendship by, you know, recognizing birthdays, uh, you know, uh, like I said earlier, you know, uh, applauding them when they succeed at something, you know, maybe it's a promotion on the job or they got a, they got a contract with their business or they started a business and they're doing successful with it. You know, we find ways to begin to uh, applaud them or to, um, to acknowledge their successes. You know, all of that is a part of uh, a good, healthy friendship. And so, you know, that, that, those are some of the things that you can do to actually initially when you're beginning one or if you're in one and you're not doing those things, maybe start doing those things. And you can, you can, that can be a mutual understanding. You, you know, you can get with that friend and say, you know, hey, let's agree that when you succeed in something, you know, um, I'll applaud you by taking you to dinner. When I succeed at something, you can applaud me by taking me to dinner, or we'll just say we'll check with, us, we'll check with each other every two or three months and say, hey, is there anything we need to celebrate? You know, it's so many ways that you can nurture a good friendship and nurture a good relationship, you know, because a lot of times we just got too much drama yeah. going on in our relationships and our friendships. Good. Did that help now, you? One, yeah, that helps a lot. And there's one one more thing, one more thing that 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 I that you might help me with to get over on a spiritual level. Is the old saying that my grandmother used to say that uh don't wear out your welcome. Yeah. Okay. Now, on a on a spiritual level, how can you keep that in a in a you know from from being worn out? Where you're not overdoing it. Right, absolutely, absolutely. What you have to do is you have to decide initially what type of relationship is this going to be, okay? Mm -hmm. 
all right? So initially, and that's a mutual agreement, because you can't date somebody and they're not dating you, right? That's true. Absolutely. You can't be in a friendship with somebody and they're not friends with you. So initially when the contact is made, you have to make a decision about what type of friendship or what type of relationship is this going to be. And so when there's a mutual understanding that it's either going to be a friendship or a dating relationship or a personal-type relationship, then you, then the two the people involved, you know, because, well, let me separate it. Friendship, when you talk about friendship, you can have more than one person involved because a group of people can be friends, okay? Mm-hmm. When you're talking about a personal relationship, and I'm going to use dating, you know, uh, when you're talking about a personal relationship, we're talking about two people, not a whole bunch of folks together. Two people mm-hmm. in the day. So in friendships, if it's two people or more, you guys can get together and sit down and decide what type of friendship you're going to have, and then that's when you can sit down and set those boundaries, okay? So if, okay. if, if you stay in the friendship, hey, I'm cool with you calling me every day if you want to. It's no problem. You know, call every day. And, and what I've done in the past with friends uh, to make sure that everybody's on the same page to, so people won't be offended and feel a little hurt, I simply say this. You can call me as, many, as much as you want to. If I don't answer your call, don't become offended. I may not be near mm-hmm. the phone. I may be working on something. Give me a chance to call you back. So leave a message and tell me something like, well, I was just calling. I didn't want anything. I was just calling to mess around or something's going on. Leave a message and tell me what it is, okay, what the message, you know, what's going on so I can determine that. So you, so you can set those boundaries in the friendship, in the, you know, initially, head on, I mean, initially. Or as you meet or become friends with somebody. Set those boundaries, you know. Don't find things out the hard way. You know what I'm saying? Don't go knocking on somebody's door for like four or five months in a row, and they don't, you know, and they behind the door going huffing and puffing because they don't want to answer the door to let you in. You know. Yeah. In a personal relationship, if you're dating, again, it's the same thing. For me personally, I, I think this. When you were dating, when you, when you were starting a dating relationship, I think that, uh, let's say you're going out to dinner. It is my position, this is not scripture, this is not um, a standard to live by, this is just a suggestion. This is what this is what I do and what I tell some of my close friends to do. Until you have grounded that, that relationship, let's say you're going out to dinner or you're going to the movies, until that relationship is grounded, what I suggest to people is that, especially if you have your own car, cars, I suggest that you meet at the location, like if you're going to a restaurant, you're going out to dinner, meet at the, at the restaurant. If you're going to the movies, meet at the movie theater, that, the theater that you're going to see the movie at. You know, meet there, you know, and, from, and, and then begin to build your relationship from, from that place until, until you, you know, because just me personally, you know what I'm saying, when people start coming to your house, to your apartment, you know, when you give them freedom initially, in the beginning of the friendship, it's then hard to reset boundaries, you know, mm-hmm. when the relationship isn't going the way that you desire for it to go or you're not comfortable with the person that's showing up knocking on the door. So set some boundaries initially in that dating relationship or personal friendship um, using something similar to what I described, just suggested, until you get to the place where you're comfortable with being that close. You know, friendships are a little different. When you start dating somebody, you already know that at some point in your dating relationship, you're either going to talk every day, see each other every day, you know, something like that. So if you're not real grounded in the relationship or you're not, you don't know, the, if you didn't know the person already 
or the person you didn't meet the person through somebody that you trust, you know, that can give you a little heads up on what type of person he or she may be, then you may have to you may have to uh, do some preliminary things before you get to the place of actually being around each other all the time. You know what I'm saying? So before you get to the place of have, having to wear out the welcome, set boundaries around the welcome the welcome mat before you get too deep into the relationship. Okay. Sounds good. So that you know, that's one thing that you know that you can actually uh, do. Okay. That's All right. Stop. Okay. All right. So we're going to go on. Okay, you're welcome. Thanks. We're going to go on and talk about um, how to actually maintain a uh, a good, healthy uh, uh, relationship. And so, um, and and basically, um, I'm just going to give you some basic uh, steps. But first of all, put God first. And like I said, you got to pray for character discernment. So put God first. You know, a lot of times, you know, we're praying for God to send us a friend, send us a, uh, you know, God send somebody I can be in a relationship with. You know, we pray those prayers. And then when the person shows up, we forget about putting God first in the friendship or putting God first in the relationship. So make sure you put God first in the uh, in the relationship. Don't don't receive, um, don't let the person come in and then you forget about the prayer that um, that you pray. All right. And then uh, if you if you or if you meet somebody and like at a social gathering and you're unsure about the person, then check around the room or check with people that know that person and get some information on that person before you get too deep into the friendship or you get too deep into the personal relationship. Find you know find somebody you can trust that may know that person that can give you some insights on who that person is. All right. Then the step the the second thing you want to do is set standards for your relationship. And that's what I just talked to the caller about. You want to set some boundaries um, in the relationship, uh, not just uh, boundaries on, you know, how how often we're going to talk or how often can you come over. You know, set some uh, physical uh, standards uh, uh, in the relationship. If you are somebody uh, that um, um, uh, you don't engage in uh, premarital sex, you have to set those boundaries. You have to you have to lift in the beginning of that relationship. You have to make that standard known, okay? Because then what you're doing is you're giving that other person the um, uh, the information that they need to make a conscious decision about whether or not they're going to be able to maintain a, a personal relationship with you without intimacy, if that's the place where you are, okay? So you have to begin. You have to let the people know, the other person know what your standards are, and it's the same thing for a friendship. If you are somebody who doesn't engage or you don't go to certain places, an example I gave earlier was like if you don't do the club scene, you don't go to nightclubs, if you don't go to casinos, you don't go to barrooms, if you don't do those types of things, then you need to let the friend, that person that wants to befriend you, you're going to have to let those make that standard known, and then they have to make a conscious decision. Do I still want to be a, a friend with this person, or do I want to be in a personal relationship Knowing that this is the standard that has that has been set before me, because um, it, it becomes a little hectic, and you run into a problem when the people don't want to adhere to the standard that you've set for your own life. You'll either be tempted to lower your standard and then find yourself engaging in activities that you wouldn't normally participate in, or the other person will be frustrated trying to talk you out of your standard. So the boundaries have to be set um, for the friendship or the relationship. And then what you want to do is you want to Get some accountability. If you're in, get, initiating a friendship or a relationship, 
find somebody, and I said this on uh, the last show, find a third person that you're comfortable with that's wise, that you trust, and as you're building that friendship or as you're building that relationship, run some things that you are concerned about. Run some things by that person so they can help you either weed out um, some unnecessary uh, drama in the friendship or they can actually help you put your put uh, some things in perspective uh, in the friendship or the relationship. So get somebody uh, involved in your, um, in the process that you that you can become accountable to. Because sometimes if you, if you haven't had a friend in a long time or if you haven't had a personal relationship in a long time, you'll find yourself so excited about a new friend or so excited about a new relationship that sometimes you just become fuzzy or infatuated and you're not seeing clearly. So you need somebody that you can, you can report back to. And, again, it's not about getting in your business. It's about being accountable for your uh, having somebody that you're accountable to who can help you stay focused and on track and make sure that your life is maintained, uh, you have a healthy uh, relationship. Then, um, then be honest. Okay, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest with others. And um, you have to be honest with why you actually want that friendship or why do you want a personal relationship. If you, go, you didn't get a chance to listen to uh, the first show, you have, to take a, you have to actually say, why is it that I want friends? Or why is it that I want to be in a personal relationship? Because if there's something in you that's unresolved or unhealed, it's, it's okay to have that desire. It is not okay to have a hidden agenda with the desire or to have hidden motives with the desire. So, find, you know, be honest with yourself about why you want the friendship, why you want the relationship. Make sure you're healthy. Make sure that you're whole. And um, in the relationship, be honest with the person that you're befriending and the person or the person you're engaging in the relationship with. And then this is really important. Talk about important stuff. And we also, I talked about this a few minutes ago. You know, don't just talk about the weather. Talk about some important things um, in your friendship and relationship. Talk about, you know, where you see your life going. Talk about your core values. Talk about ideas that you have uh, for the future, ideas that you're, you're dealing with right now. Talk about any struggles that you have going on. You know, uh, if, if you're comfortable with the person, if you're building that foundation, you have to have a conversation outside of how good, the, you know, it's sunny outside. You know, so learn to talk about important things in your life. And what that does is it helps you to get to, know that, get to know that person and learn that person better, and it gives that other person the same opportunity to get to, uh, to learn a little bit more about you and to get to know you uh, better. Uh, another thing you want to do is you want to spend time um, with the person, uh, with their family and other friends, okay? Don't so always isolate yourself where, all the, you know, they always come to your apartment, your house, you always go somewhere with them. But you never, you never met their family, you never meet their family, you never do anything well, with other friends with that person. Make sure that you spend time with other friends, and also time with where you get to know the person's, uh, the person's uh, family. That's uh, that's important, you know, because all of that is a part of building the friendship. All right, and then of course, again, uh, evaluate the relationship throughout throughout the course of the relationship. You have to constantly assess it. Uh, constantly evaluate it. I do it with my friendships. I always take it. I always look at what's going on with those friendships. You know, I take, I, I assess them. I look at, you know, is it mutually beneficial? Am I giving more than what I'm getting? If I am, what I do is I talk to the person. You know, we have to have a, a sit down talk and talk about, you know, hey, 
I'm, I'm giving more than what I'm getting. What's going on? Cause, and there's sometimes when people may be going through a little something, and you'll find yourself giving more than what you're getting. But the, but it should not be on a continuous basis that you're not getting. You're not. It's not mutual for you that you're giving more than what you're getting from the from the relationship or the friendship. Okay. So those are the things that you can do to establish a good relationship or to maintain a good relationship. So in the few minutes we have left, let's talk about what you need to do. To end, when, a, when it's time to end a relationship, and what are some of the steps that you can take when the relationship is toxic, you need to end it. When the relationship is full of madness, uh, you need to uh, you need you need a, um, a, a strategy. You need steps on how to actually end uh, a friendship or a relationship. Okay, and so one thing that we know is that none of us uh, actually become friends with somebody to end a friendship. That's a waste of time. But unfortunately, there are times when things happen where, the, where we have to make a decision. Either we redefine the relationship or we actually end it altogether. There are some friendships that can be salvaged. You know, there's sometimes people break your trust, break your confidence. They do things that are disappointing to you or things that they say things that you don't like or they do something. But you can salvage some things. But then there's some things that's going to be hard to reconcile and hard to salvage. So if you're being physically abused, verbally abused in the relationship, emotionally abused. Sometimes you have to end that relationship because it's hard to reconcile those types of things, you know, until you're healed. And, and not only you're healed, but the other person is healed as well. And so um, here's some, some steps that you can take um, if you're at that place or if you know someone who needs to uh, redefine or heal, uh, end um, a friendship. Number one, you need to know why you need to end the friendship. Okay, and we talked about that. I told you write down the pros and cons about what's going on in the friendship. Okay, so be true to yourself. You know, um, don't sugarcoat anything. You need, to, you need to actually know the reasons why you need to uh, end that friendship. And then plan what you're going to say. Uh, don't make it dramatic. Don't, go into, don't have temper tantrums. Don't get hysterical. Don't become psychotic. You know, don't over-exaggerate uh, the reasons, you know, when you when – you, when you need to, what you need to say, don't over-exaggerate it. Just speak the truth in love. Say what you need to say so the person can understand what you're saying, and then, and then you guys can move on from there. Then number three, make sure that ending the friendship won't, won't come back to, uh, to haunt you. You know, uh, a lot of times, um, like I said, there are some situations that can be salvaged. And sometimes people end friendships too quickly, but just because they had like a little disagreement or, you know, uh, something happened, and it would, uh, of course, you're disappointed about about what the person said or done, and so you panic. You know, you become so angry, you make uh, a bad decision to end the relationship instead of just cooling off and trying to to reconcile and resolve it. So make sure that you're not being too hasty uh, when it's time to end, uh, end the friendship or the relationship. Then uh, plan uh, where you're going to end it. You know, am I going to do it by phone? Am I going to do it by email? Am I going to do it with a letter? You know. If I do it in person, I want to make sure that I'm not doing it in front of anybody unless it's a real sticky situation. But if it's, if it's a situation that you, a conversation that you can have privately with the person, um, then have that conversation privately, in, uh, in the relationship privately through the conversation, you know, uh, because you don't know exactly how, um, you know, they're going to feel about it. Uh, but if you're uncomfortable with them pro- privately, then, yes, you do need to take somebody with you. Uh, if that's what you're going to do. Or you need to find, a, find an alternative. Like I said, send an email, send a letter, you know, to uh, end it, it, detailing all of these things, you know. And uh, number five, before ending the friendship, 
you know, uh, give the person some time to change. If it's a situation and you really sit down and you ponder it and you think about it, if it's salvageable, then give the person a chance to change. And if you didn't listen uh, to the previous show, what I said is you need a restoration plan. And you are the one that designs the restoration plan. You give them the steps that they need to take. You give them a time period. Um, you get them to sign the restoration plan. But you give them the steps that they need to take to bring restoration to the friendship or to the relationship. And if they're serious and they have your best interest at heart and they love you, then they will follow that restoration plan. If they really want to establish the friendship or the relationship with you because if what they did was not intentional or they made a bad decision, then they will follow the restoration plan. But you have to give them a plan to follow. Don't, leave, don't let them fend for themselves to try to figure out how they can make it right with you. Tell them. Tell them how to make it right. Tell them what steps to take. Write it out for them. Give it to them and give them an opportunity to actually change, okay? Um, and then if possible, uh, try not to end the friendship or the relationship on bad terms. Like I said, sometimes that's unavoidable if it's a, a situation um, involving uh, abuse, verbal abuse, mental, emotional, physical abuse for sure. Sometimes it's impossible to not end on a bad note. But in those cases where, some of, where those things are not, uh, uh, those types of abuses are not involved, it's just, some other things have gone on and it's just not a right connection, then try to end the friendship on, try not to end the friendship on um, bad terms. Try to be civil, you know, tr uh, because you still want to uh, be able to be released in your spirit that you're not burned down but, uh, with the fact that you had to uh, end the, the friendship or the relationship. So don't end on a bad note. If the person becomes hysterical or psychotic, as I put it, when you're trying to let them know how you feel about the relationship, what's been going on, and why you find it's important to redefine it or to end it, then you will have to just shut it down. You may not have, you may not be able to go through the whole process because their response to it will not allow it. But the key thing is this: if it's one that you need to end, even if they become hysterical, then you have to find a way to say, "Well, I'm sorry you're acting this way, but because of that, we need to end this friendship right now." And that's, I will not be able to say everything that I wanted to say to you. God bless you, but I have to end the friendship, and it ends now. Okay, so uh, there's some things. Sometimes we can avoid the bad, uh, the bad term ending, but then there are times when you actually cannot avoid it. And so remember that the only the only way to stop the madness is to not agree to walk with the person that's bringing all the pain, the hurt, the frustration in the friendship. And if they refuse to redefine the friendship, if they refuse to change their behavior, if they uh, refuse to um, change the way that they're treating you, the way they're talking to you, the way uh, the things they're doing t uh, towards you, or uh, if, they, if they choose to, if they choose not to be, um, not to engage in a mutual exchange in the friendship or the relationship where it is beneficial to both parties, then you're going to have to make a decision that in order to stop the madness, I have to stop myself from participating in this friendship or this relationship. That's the only way the madness is going to stop is when you stop yourself from participating in it. And I know there are some extreme situations where when you try, like for in dating sometimes, you try to break up with somebody, they get a little crazy, they stalk and they do all this, then that's when you get legal, that's when you get the authorities involved in those types of situations. But in normal situations, in order, if, if the, the, the relationship is full of frustration and confusion on a continual, continual basis, that means that you're in a bad or toxic friendship or relationship. And in order for it to change, 
you're going to have to bring the change, and that means that you have to stop the madness in it by stopping yourself from participating in the madness. So either the person will do what they need to do or do what you say needs to be done to establish a relationship or friendship, or you have to make a hard, hard, tough decision to actually cut it off and walk away from the relationship because your, your spirit man, your emotions, your mindset, um, your life period is at is in jeopardy when <clears throat> it is taunted by people who are not taking care of the friendship or don't have your best interest at heart. And so, uh, again, make a decision about whether or not the relationship is sal- the friendship is sal- salvageable. If it's not, you're going to have to find a way to get out of the friendship, and you can follow these steps, or you may want to talk to someone who can help you even more, you know, one-on-one, person-to-person to help you uh, to determine how to uh, identify the friendship, the relationship that needs to be in, ended or redefined. And so um, if you have a question or a comment and you're listening and you want to call in, you can call the number at six, area code 646-929-2431, 646-929-2431. Or if you're in the chat room, you can post a question or comment. I'll read it, across, um, uh, read it out loud for everyone. Um, and so we'll just wait another minute or two. If no one calls in or wants to raise their hand and say they have a question or comment, then we will close it out. Um, but I want to uh, thank you for uh, listening. Uh, there is another, this is a four-part series that, um, John, this is part three. Part four is Thursday night at 7 o'clock instead of 7.30. It's at 7 o'clock, and that is the fine art, fine art of friendship. And we're going to actually talk about the value of really good friendship. friendship. What are those qualities that are involved in good friendship? Love, sincerity, uh, sacrifice, uh, faithfulness. And, um, and how you can actually get the best out of your friendship and your relationships. And sometimes it's just a matter of um, engaging in the friendship or the relationship in a particular way, you know, and being willing to make, to bring to the, to the relationship or friendship those qualities. And, uh, and those are the things that help it to um, become better or stronger. So thank you so much for tuning in. This is Minister Ginger London. Again, this was uh, Stop the Madness. How can two walk together except they agree? And I'm going to close out once again by saying the way to stop the madness, if you're in a bad relationship, one with frustration and heartache, the way to stop the madness is to stop yourself from participating in the madness the relationship is causing. God bless you. Have a wonderful and blessed evening, and I look forward to talking with you on Thursday. Good night. Thank you.